Thank you for joining us on this Desiring God Theological Podcast for Pastors. This is David Mathis, and I'm privileged to be sitting here with Francis Chan. And our theme for this broadcast is the sovereignty of God. Both Francis and I are smiling at the opportunity to talk about God's sovereignty from Him and through Him mm-hmm. and to Him are all things, Romans 11.36, to Him be the glory forever. forever. Francis, as we turn to the topic of the sovereignty of God, uh, what texts do your mind does your mind run to? Gosh, there's so many. Because how do you read the Bible and not just naturally conclude, "Wow, this has nothing to do with me. He just does whatever he wants." Um, some texts that come to my mind are people that almost realize that. Uh, at some point in their life. Like, I think of King Nebuchadnezzar. Mm. <laughs> I think, okay, here's a guy that understands God does whatever he wants to do. And and I, I think of uh, in Daniel chapter 4, and this is after uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, you know, turned into that beast and his fingernails, you know, turned into claws, and he's out in the wilderness and everything else, and all because of his arrogance and God just humbles him and tells him, look, this is going to happen to you. It's it's just you're going to turn into this crazy, bizarre creature. I, maybe I should just read it because I'm probably making stuff up now. But <laughs> he, he says uh, in, in verse 31, the kingdom has departed from you. You'll be driven from among men. Your dwelling place will be the beasts of the field, and, and you'll be made to eat grass like an ox. And so it, it goes on and talks about how this is going to happen to you till you figure it out. And once all that happens to it, um, happens to him, it, uh, it, it says uh, in verse 34, King Nebuchadnezzar says, At the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven, and my reason returned to me, and I blessed the Most High, and praised and honored him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion. His kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing. And he does according to his will among the host of the heaven, among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand or say to him, what have you done? Hmm. I mean, here's a guy that understands. He's preaching now and just saying, look, I, I know the power of this God. I can't stop him from doing anything he wants. He turned me into a beast. You know, he, he he just sent me off, and I understand that it, it, the whole world, that, that phrase, all the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing. He does according to his will. That means you take all of the people on the earth, and it doesn't matter what your opinion is or what you think ought to happen. That, that's nothing to God. We're talking about a being who can look at the desires of all the people on the earth and go, it doesn't matter, it's not up to you. Mm. It's not up to uh, the whole host of heaven. Uh, you can get all the angels and all the people together, it still doesn't matter. Uh, I, I've got this veto power, I, I do what I want. It's like, wow, this is all about him. That phrase in verse 35, none can mm. stay his hand, was so powerful to me as a freshman in college. I had grown up with this view very subtly, that God and Satan were doing battle, and they're trading yeah. punches back and forth. And, and we, all know, we know that God wins in the end, but really they're pretty evenly matched. 
And that was blown out of the water by texts like this. None can stay his hand. Not even Satan can stay his hand. Satan is on a leash, and Satan is his lackey, even with the horror that he wreaks. Mm -hmm. God is sovereign over it and brings about his loving purposes for his people that he gave his son for. Yeah, when you talk about that... (laughs) that mind that maybe used to have of God and Satan battling it out. Another passage was in Job when you see, this is just all in God's hands. And I, and Job was another guy who at the end, uh, you know, when he says, ah, oh, my ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you, and I, I'm just going to repent. I, I am so sorry I ever questioned you. Uh, now I realize same thing Nebuchadnezzar realized. Uh, no one can hold your, your hand back or say, hey, what did you just do? Or that wasn't fair. How, I, I just repent in sackcloth and ashes. I'm done. And again, it was like his eyes were opened. That's right. Okay, this God is bigger than I even knew. And this was Job, you, you know, the one person that God was saying, okay, you know, have you, have you considered my servant Job? So even him, his view of God wasn't big enough until that moment. He goes, mm. okay, I always, my ears had heard of you, but now that I see you, I, I did not get how great you were. And, and even Job, this is Job 42 too, has mm-hmm. that ring of Daniel 4.35. Now I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Mm-hmm. It was huge yeah. for me to understand that for the first time, that, that none of God's purposes are thwarted. Yeah. And so he is the happiest of all beings. Oh, the God yeah. who is sovereign over all things is also the happiest yeah. of all beings. And his happiness and his sovereignty are tied together. Well, yeah, and that's what—that's exactly what it says, too, right? In First uh, Timothy uh, 6, verse 15, he who is the blessed mm. and only sovereign. You know, when you say his his happiness, you don't think of God being blessed and, you you know, like happy, like you said, he who is the blessed and only, only sovereign. Like, like, Mm -hmm. there's no one else. Like you said, no, no, I'm not in control of anything. There's just one being, and that's why he's blessed. That's why he's he's under control, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone has immortality. Satan doesn't have immortality. He has life because God allows him to have life. Every demon does not have immortality. He alone possesses the ability to give life and take it away. That's good. So, Francis, just to say it from another angle to help out our listeners, when we talk about God being sovereign, mm-hmm. unpack that word sovereignty for us. What are we, what are we packing into mm. the word sovereign biblically in oh. the sovereignty of God? It's the idea, it's the idea of control. Hmm. It's the idea of, I think, everything we talked about. No one can stay his hand. See, see, there are things I want, um, but I, I cannot make those things happen. Uh, I have to, like, like James says, I have to say, if the Lord wills, I'll do this and that. I, 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 so many things I desire, um, but the difference between God and I is... I cannot make those things happen. I will labor in vain if I try to build this house without God. I I will labor in vain if I try to go to a city and make a business work. I I will labor in vain. (laughs) There's so many things that I desire, but I don't have control of. And that's the big difference. When you are sovereign, you have control. You have the desire, but then you have the ability to make your desires come to fruition. That's good. 
And so for the Christian, that means clearly that he's sovereign over all the good things that come into our lives. Mm-hmm. James chapter 1 talks about he's the giver of every good and perfect gift, mm-hmm. and he is sovereign over the suffering mm-hmm. that he lovingly allows into our lives mm-hmm. for his good purposes in Christ. He's even Absolutely. sovereign over sin. Mm-hmm. not as the author of sin, mm-hmm. not as the one who's responsible for sin, but he's mm-hmm. sovereign over sin. He is sovereign over Satan. He is sovereign over hell, even mm-hmm. the horrific, gut-wrenching reality of hell. Mm-hmm. His sovereignty goes to every nook and cranny in the universe and works his good purposes for his people yeah. in Jesus. And And it's only been recently that I've been able to thank God for his sovereignty in some of these areas. Mm-hmm. Even, you know, like you mentioned some difficult things there, yeah. one of them being sin, mm-hmm. um, temptation, mm-hmm. some of the things that we face on this earth. It's It's been more recent than I've been thanking God for temptation mm-hmm. because I've seen it as an opportunity to show him that I love him more. <sighs> Sorry, I'm getting emotional over this, but it's like... And if there's a good-looking girl over there or whatever, and the, you know, and the temptation or the lust, you know, I, I used to say, God, why? Why would you have this around me? Why would you have I- I- these different things? But lately I've just seen, you know what? That, that's for your glory hmm. so that I can it, – it's, it's, it's like Job. I, I mean, it's the same thing. With him, it was the pain. It was like he wanted to show Satan, look, watch what my servant does here. He's going to love me. He'll love me. It's not just because there's a hedge of protection over him. He's going to love me, hmm. and he's going to use these things that I've sovereignly put in his life for my glory and so i've even looked at sin and said lord i'm gonna that the temptations that are out there i want i i I thank you for them because i i want them to be a sign uh i I want you to do a work in me that that shows satan that shows the world that you are greater than those temptations it's an opportunity for me to bring glory to your name that i would resist those things and say oh those are those things are ugly in comparison to the matchless beauty of jesus christ oh that's so good connecting it his sovereignty in all things with his design for yeah. his glory. Yeah, absolutely. And his glory not being at odds with our joy and not being at odds with the good of others, but he accomplishing his glory in our joy and in the good yeah. of others. Yeah, so much, so much. I mean, obviously the book of Job, as we've mentioned, shows that this is all about that. It is all about God's glory. And even in my own life, I think about I, I thank God that my mom died giving birth to me. I thank God that my stepmother died when I was yeah. eight or nine. I thank God that my dad died when I was 12. Because I look back and go, God, I, I totally see why you did that. It, it caused me to grow so much closer to you and depend on you. And while others may look at those things and say, wow, what a tragedy, I go, no, I, there's no way I would have this eternal focus without those deaths that took place early in my life. I wouldn't have been uh, have seen God and needed God to be my father without those things happening and taking place in my life. And so, again, it's one of those things where I go, okay, Lord, now I get it, and I'm thankful. I'm thankful for all of those things. That's good. One more text to leave with our listeners here is Ephesians one nine, where it says that God works according to his purpose, a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in Christ. Uh, he, this is in verse 11 now. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him 
who works all things mm. according to the counsel of his will. He works all things mm. to his glory according to the counsel of his will. And mm. his son, who won our salvation for us in his per- perfect life and sacrificial death, mm-hmm. now sits at his Father's right hand on the throne of the universe, the God-man, our pioneer into heaven. And Matthew twenty-eight eighteen says he has mm-hmm. all authority mm-hmm. in heaven and on earth. And this should give us so much peace Amen. and take away any anxiety. I mean, the, the book of Revelation has been written. That alone, just that one book should show you that he is sovereign and what we're talking about in control. This will happen. Nothing will stop that, period. And so you just have to take yourself less seriously and not put this pressure on yourself. And you're able to see that, wow, this, this burden really is light. Uh, because he's because he's sovereign. Francis, would you have a, a word of encouragement for pastors or other leaders mm-hmm. in regard to the the doctrine of the sovereignty of God? Yeah, I I know that it's uh, it's going to be difficult, and for some of you, this may be a new concept or even go contrary to what you've um, been taught. And and I will say that this was not something that was taught to me by another individual. It was through my time alone with the Word. Um, it was as I was studying Romans chapter nine. I, I just it just it just brought me to my knees. I, I couldn't read it any other way except, wow, you're that sovereign. <laughs> you, you know, it's like oh, you know, the cute little bumper sticker, God is in control. Uh, you know, those types of things of God's sovereignty. But you come to some of these passages and you go, wow, you really are that <laughs> sovereign ultimately sovereign, absolutely in control. And there's a part of our human nature that wants to fight that um, because we desire some of that control. And I guess my word to you is, please just pray, uh, pray, pray that God would open your eyes to whatever truth is. God, show me the truth as I study your word. Please show me. And, And yet at the same time, recognize that in your flesh will be this desire for some of that control or sovereignty to be your own. And so you'll in the flesh want to resist some of it. So just, just beware as you do your exegesis that some of that flesh doesn't creep in there and take the literal meaning. Just read it. Read it as a child. Read it as a scholar. Read it any way you want. But but it it, it sure points to an absolutely uh, sovereign God. And, and learn to enjoy that. I think that's what desiring God is all about, is enjoying this God that has all of the control and being grateful that you're under his control. Um, because when you fight for it and try to even make the scriptures say it, you're, you're, you're heading down a dangerous and painful road. Francis, thank you for joining us. Would you close us in prayer? Yes. Father, even right now, I believe it is by your sovereignty that some of these people are listening, that all of the, whoever is listening right now is listening to that, that they needed that today. Show them even right now whether they're in trap. Every little thing is under your sovereign control. This very moment, help them to see that. May they look back in life and see your grace, your sovereign grace, just all, and how you place them at this period in time so that they could, they could know you, that they could, they could hear your voice. And so, Father, may we enjoy and rest in your sovereignty. May we not be like those who fight against it and are anxious 
because of it. May we just say, Lord, I am so glad you're in control. And I, I rest in a God who is so loving, so wonderful, so merciful. And I, I am so grateful that no one can do anything to you or against you. Father, you, you do as you please in heaven and on earth. And so, God, I, I pray that may your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And I can't wait for the day when that happens. In Jesus' name, amen.